Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the content marketing awards winner for best marketing podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And Yext, whose award-winning location management platform helps companies of all sizes drive more foot traffic to their doors. With Yext, update your location data once and publish it to your website, apps, over 100 publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. That's the power of location. That's Yext. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work. Welcome, everybody, to Social Pros, the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am, as always, Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, not joined today by my regular co-host, Adam Brown, from Salesforce Marketing Cloud, because I'm live in New York City, ladies and gentlemen, in the office of the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, literally changing the world, not just changing the world figuratively, literally changing the world, Scott Harrison, CEO and founder of Charity Water. Thanks for having me in. Nice to see you, Jay. Thanks for coming in. Of course. Now, it's great to host you. I think a lot of people, especially in marketing, are familiar with the brand Charity Water because you're so good at, at marketing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But maybe just to, to frame it up for folks, tell the, the listeners of Social Pros what Charity Water does just so everybody's on the same page. Yep. We are fighting uh, to realize a world where no one drinks dirty water. And when we started 10 years ago, there were a billion people living globally without access to clean water. That number is down now to about 700 million. A lot of progress has been made, and we want that number to be zero. So it's pretty simple. We work in a bunch of countries, 24 countries around the world, helping people get access to clean and safe drinking water. There's a lot of other things that you could do with your time, that people could do with their time, with their money. Why water as opposed to hunger or cancer or pets or leukemia or whatever? Well, I stumbled into water uh, by way of medicine, really. I had left a very uh, selfish 10 years uh, promoting nightclubs here in New York City and uh, pretty much changed my life, made it look exactly the opposite. And that landed me on a humanitarian mission in Liberia. And I was with these doctors and surgeons and thousands and thousands of people would come see us and they were sick. Uh, come with tumors, with cleft lips, with flesh-eating disease. Uh, some of them would come uh, with, with parasites or, or problems with their stomach. And as I spent time in the rural areas, I saw that people were drinking dirty water. And you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to realize that if people are drinking from swamps and ponds and contaminated rivers, they're not healthy. And in fact, the, the stat on that, 52% of all disease throughout the developing world is caused by bad water and lack of sanitation. Wow. So I really came into this by saying, you know, we want people to be healthy. Therefore, to be healthy, they need their most basic need met for health. And oh, by the way, a billion people, because of where they're born, are living without that. Because of where they're born. And that's it. It really is. You know, we, uh, maybe most people listening to this podcast, uh, you know, I was born into a, a middle class family and uh, never had to drink dirty water my entire life. 
uh, my kids will never drink dirty water. But yet uh, a woman in Ethiopia or a woman in Mali or a woman in Cambodia was born into a different situation, into a village where there was no clean water, uh, or the water was five or six hours away. And uh, it's a very, very different struggle that, again, so many of us just have no idea what that would even be like because we've never experienced it. You know, our kids are not dying of diarrhea. Advantage of it's like, like it's nothing, right? That's true, and and you know, the fifty-two percent of the disease, the the most common thing that kills kids is diarrhea. I mean, it's unheard of here right. for us it's to dying. imagine. Yeah, it's crazy. We've never heard a single child that died of diarrhea, but uh, it's basically dehydration. So your child is getting dirty water, uh, gets diarrhea, gets more dirty water, more diarrhea, and then eventually yeah. dies of dehydration. Yeah. It's a it's a cycle. Crazy. You know, we go into the Dwayne Reed, right? And there's that blue kind of electrolyte <laughs> right, fluid yeah. that so you give that kid. Yeah, you'll be good. Yeah. Pedialyte, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Charity Water, just operationally, is different than many other nonprofits. And, and you built it that way from, from the beginning. We did. Uh, wanting to solve a problem as big as the water crisis was going to take uh, a lot of will. It was going to take a lot of supporters and a lot of money to make a real dent. And I had the advantage of starting the org at 30 years old, not coming from the traditional nonprofit sector. I didn't come out of the World Bank or the UN or here's the how we do things. Here's how things are done. And um, you know, I wasn't wearing a suit that was one size too big. Which <laughs> I joke. You know, sometimes it's uh, it's just a very well established system. So when I was talking to my friends, I realized they were not giving to those well established orgs. They weren't donating to their parents' charities. They weren't donating to their grandparents' charities. And um, you would hear great cynicism uh, among people my age and younger at the time. And uh, again, actually, the data behind that, um, 42% of Americans distrust charities. Wow. And, and we are known you know, here in this country for being generous, for wanting to serve. And you know, we have such a great cultural heritage of generosity and giving. And yet almost half the people don't trust the system. Yeah. So we just approached it very differently, kind of with a white piece of paper saying, how could we solve these most common problems that people have um, where maybe they would give for the first time, or maybe someone disenchanted and disenfranchised would come back and give again. And the biggest problem we just kept hearing was around money. Where does my money go? How much of my money will actually reach those people I would love to help? But charities are just black holes. And, yeah. uh, and you know, everybody would seem to have a horror story of some charity who had badly mismanaged funds and paid their CEO three or four million dollars. And, you know, only five percent actually got to sure. the, the programs. So I, I thought by separating the bank accounts, if we could answer that common question with an answer that was 100 percent, 100 percent of your money will go to the projects, we would take the most common objection off the table. Now, this was, I don't know, people said it was a stupid idea at first because we would have to effectively start and run two organizations separately. Yeah. All of the money that we would raise from the public as we told our story, as we tried to get people involved in solving the water crisis, we would not be able to touch for salaries or office or flights or payroll. If they're totally separate fundraising operations. Literally two bank, bank accounts, two separate bank yeah. accounts. So we would have to go and raise that money separately from hopefully visionary individuals who actually would want to pay for overhead and the kind of unsung heroes and the silent costs. Um, I just believed intuitively that if people knew exactly what they were getting, we would find people who would want to come in behind the scenes and fund the salaries and the office and the flights and the paper clips and the toners. So that was a, a foundational part of the model. Always use 100% and take it as far as paying back credit card fees. Yeah. So we actually do that. So if someone wow. went on and donated 100 bucks on their Amex, I wish we got 100 We don't. We get 97 
and we separately make up that three dollars. We raise it on the side. side. Yep, and we put it back together with the 97 that we did get, and we send all $100 to the field. And then the second thing is we track the donations. And we realized that because money would not be fungible, because there would be distinct bank accounts, we could show people what we had done with their money. And you know this, this doesn't sound like a novel idea, but you would be surprised at how some of these charities are just not set up yeah. to tell people what they did with the money. And something happens. Yeah, and to tell them with integrity, you know, Jay, your money did this. It impacted this village or uh, this community or even went to this country. So we were going to be building physical water projects, wells, springs, rainwater systems um, all around the world. And... Google had just come out with Google Earth the same year as Charity Water started. So kind of put two and two together and said at the very least we can put up every single water project on Google Earth and prove them all with photos and GPS. And then I think always just looked for even more ways to show people their impact. And for us, it, it really was the right thing to do. I mean, I think it has led to a lot of uh, a lot more repeat giving and, and has built the brand over the years. But we just thought if we're going to take money from someone, we should send 100% to the field and then we should tell them the impact that that gift had. Yeah. And then, you know, other stuff, I really wanted to build a beautiful brand. Uh, when I looked at the charitable sector, I didn't see anything that looked like a Nike or an Apple or you know, even a Virgin. There weren't whimsical, yeah. imaginative, inspiring design for even consistency. Even consistency. You know, in um, colors, in, in type, in approach, in tonality. And I think uh, positionally, so many charities have peddled guilt and shame yeah. for so long. I mean, think back to when I was growing up, the Sally Struthers commercials and, you know, the slow motion, the kids with flies that look up, lock sad eyes on the viewer and the 800 number. Yeah. It, it works. I mean, you will, you will reach into your wallet out of a deep sense of shame and guilt and, and give but that's not how a lasting brand is built. You don't want to wear that T-shirt uh, from from an organization yeah, that the makes Nike's T-shirt is an unsuccessful. It's or, not an. It's not a successful. You do want to wear Nike's T-shirt because they've told you that within you is greatness, and you you can do the impossible. You can do greater things than you thought. So, we've always tried to be very intentional about. Um, framing the brand, framing the storytelling around inspiration, opportunity, not guilt, um, being very careful never to shame people. This is a wonderful opportunity that we have to be generous, to give our time, our talent, our money in the service of others, whether it's with our org or, or with other great causes. And it should be a blast. It should bring a smile to your face. It should be a joyful thing, not a drag. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick Kristoff had written many, many years ago when I started, I came across this quote that People peddle toothpaste with far more sophistication than all of the world's life-saving causes. And I thought, you know, you don't need to spend a lot of money to build a brand. You need good taste. Yeah. You need to find talented designers and say, hey, look, you could be, you know, designing at Apple, but come here. Use your design what's skills and service that, of others. But what's funny about that is I think that your ability to separate funds drives your ability to invest in, in branding because I think a lot of nonprofits that I've worked with in the past or that have been clients, et cetera, uh, don't want to invest in graphic design or or brand sensibilities because they feel like it's not a responsible stewardship of the of the donor's money. But when you've got a separation of, of sort of church and mm -hmm. state uh, the way you do, it solves some of those problems. You still got to go out and get it and, and, and obviously have good taste and have the, the resources and the funding. But but I think sometimes they feel guilt and shame that somehow investing in branding is, is a lesser cause, which is obviously misplaced over the long haul. 
I think that's absolutely true. I think also so many organizations are led by development professionals. Sure, of course. Um, not led by, you know, a former club promoter. Yeah, or, exactly. and, and I think yeah. even if you did have the money to spend, you know, the, the, the most talented creatives want to work with people who get it, who actually value it, not just are willing to pay for it. Yeah. So it's not, it's not about salary. It's, it's an appreciation of the work. It's someone who could, you know, push pixels or try different colors or care about, you know, the Pantone colors of a logo. Yeah. Um, and that's typically not, um, not kind of who you see in this sector. Yeah. So, you know, in our sense, I think that was the skill set that I had coming out of, you know, the decade of trying to convince people that getting drunk at high-end fashion parties was going to give their life meaning. Um, and when I started Charity Water, I tried to turn the storytelling for good. Um, hey, Jay, if you are generous with your time and your money and you care about others, you know, your life has more meaning and you'll be freer and more blessed because of it. Um, and then I really hired for the water skills. So we have you know, the amazing team. Typically, typically the opposite, right? So normally a charity would be started by a water expert, you know, who spent maybe 10 or 15 years in the field and then tries to raise money. So this was kind of the opposite. I went and hired all those water experts because I didn't know much about hydrology. I just believed that I could get people excited about, you know, realizing a world where everyone drank clean water. And now you're entering your 10th year, 10 year anniversary of that organization. In September. Um, September's 10 years. You have raised... A ridiculous amount of money in that period of time. What is it at now? Two ten. Two hundred and ten. Two hundred ten million dollars in ten years, which from is from a million amazing supporters. Yeah, so it's, yeah, and from a cold start, though. I mean, from zero, um, which is remarkable. But now that you're sort of in this um, uh, place where you're getting the second decade, the internet has matured. Obviously, marketing has matured. You've got to do things a little differently yourself. Talk about that. Oh, we do. Someone was in the office the other day talking about the Tiger Woods effect, and I'm like, "What's that?" He said, "Well." You know, many years ago, Tiger made it cool to play golf. And, uh, you know, he made it so that a, an athletic, it, it almost brought us uh, athleticism and sports. It was cool yeah. to the game. He's like, now he's getting his butt kicked from all those people that he inspired many years right. ago. They're all fit. They're all strong. They're in, all everything. In some ways, I think, um, you know, we have we have been able to lead uh, or inspire, I would say, some of these young charities whose websites are pretty awesome. Yeah. And there are a lot of 100% models out mm -hmm. there now. And some of our ideas you know, have been very quickly commoditized. I mean, eight years ago, we started asking people to give up their birthdays and ask for their age in dollars. And you know, nobody that we had ever heard of was doing that before. And it, it took off. You know, we saw tens of thousands of people. Our fundraising platform alone has raised about $46 million. But now everybody's doing that. I mean, heifer.org sent me an email asking me to donate my birthday. I'm like, you guys sell sheep and yeah. goats and catalogs. Like, stay in your lane. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, you know, Obama gave up his birthday uh, for his own campaign after we had shared a bunch of data with, uh, yeah. with some of the scientists on his team. So that, that is a little challenging. I think one of the other challenges is that so much of our giving, so much of those donors have been one-offs. One-time givers. So the birthday is awesome. And the average person it's that, annualized, obviously. It's, it's annualized, yeah, but you do one yeah. and you're done. So the average person that donates a birthday to Charity Water raises about $1,000 from 15 of their friends. So it's an amazing concept. The idea, many, just, to, just to elaborate on it, is that, is that in lieu of gifts, you have your friends donate to Charity Water, and that kind of is your birthday. That's right. So if I go back to that moment, we said, look, um, we get all this crap that we don't need for our birthdays. I mean, there are a billion people without water. Yep. So, uh, and then we get stuff we don't even want. I mean, socks, ties, gift cards, you know, handbags, scarves. 
And what if we could redeem the birthday? What if we could turn it into a moment that wasn't about ours? It wasn't, wasn't a selfish moment. It wasn't about us, but it was about others. And what if our birthdays could actually help people have more birthdays? Yeah. Um, so it was a kind of nuanced, interesting idea. And then I thought the sticky kind of marketing message would be your age in dollars. And I started with my 32nd, which was a messy number. And I love that. Yeah. And everybody I knew had $32 they could give to charity, especially if 100% of the money went to the field. Sure. And they could see the impact of that $32. So I, I ran um, a campaign that wildly exceeded my expectations. We've had seven-year-olds donate their birthday. We've had birth campaigns. Uh, parents welcome a child into the world and say, you know, we'd like to build a water project on behalf of our child who's never going to drink dirty water. We've had 89-year-olds donate their birthday uh, and write beautiful mission statements like, I'm turning 89 and I'd like to make that possible for more people. Nice. So that has, that has absolutely worked. Um, the great thing is that it's a little hub-and-spoke movement. It's kind of a mini word of mouth. Because if you ask other people, then they get sure. aware of the organization. They may not have been aware. Now they do their birthday and it kind of creates this downstream effect. I mean, I know you, but I don't know your friends and family. Right. So the minute you give up your birthday, you spread the charity water message to them. So that's amazing. That's been great. However, you do one, you don't come back the second year. You just ask your friends and family. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't had that great follow-on product to sell. Yeah. Um, except, hey, Jay, well, you could donate yep. the next year. So uh, a huge strategic importance right now, we're launching a monthly giving program. We, we're basically trying to figure out a subscription program. Um, and I kind of wish I'd done it sooner because I think there were a lot of people over the years that would have been happy to give $30 a month and give one person clean water yep. every single month. Imagine if we had you know, just 5% of those million people doing that. 50,000 people giving $30 a month, yeah. you know, we'd be giving just through that, that program, uh, 50,000 people clean water every single month. So that's, that's a key strategy for us as we move into the, the next 10 years is how do we move the one time? I'd much rather have less money. You know, if someone was going to give 300 bucks today, I'd rather have someone partner with us at $30 a month, um, become a part of the movement where we could communicate impact yeah, to them, where we could time. tell them sure. stories over a much longer period of time. And it's, it's tough, Jay. I mean, January 1, we started zero. I mean, no matter how well you did the last year, no, you know, you can give a million people clean water. January 1, there's no guarantee anyone comes back. You have to re-inspire and figure out how to not only get back to last year, but then grow again. It's tough business, absolutely. Well, and that's what we want you to do, Social Pros listeners. Here's what has happened. Uh, myself and the Social Pros team have donated a well to Charity Water. Which is amazing. It's an entire community. It's an entire community is going to get clean water as a result of, of uh, our work with Scott and his team. But I want to remind everybody in the most tasteful way possible that we have done 218 hours of free podcasts over the last five years as well as hundreds and hundreds of blog posts and everything else we do at Social Pros, uh, we really, really desperately want you to be part of, of Charity Water and this movement and helping Scott take their one-off donations to a monthly subscription uh, program. We don't ask you to do much on this show. We, we give away a lot of content. Uh, you know, We'll ask you to visit our sponsors' links or, or buy a book here or then, but, but we don't ask much. And I'm asking you now to, to be part of this on, on behalf of myself and Adam uh, and the whole Social Pros team. So what we want you to do is go to charitywater.org, right on the homepage, click a button, and you say, I'm in for X dollars a month. If, if, if a tiny percentage of our tens of thousands of listeners to this program just went in for $5 a month, it would have a colossal impact and would bring clean water to thousands of people all over the world. That's what we want you to do. So I want you to, you're probably listening to this on your phone right now, I want you to pause your phone, <laughs> 
pause your Stitcher or your Overcast or your iTunes, whatever you're doing, pause your phone, open a browser, go to charitywater.org, click that link, donate a few dollars a month, whatever you're comfortable with would be extraordinary. Uh, it would mean an awful lot to me, it would mean a lot to Adam, to all the folks at Social Pros, and obviously to Scott and his team. Jay, that's that's amazing. Um, and you know, every thirty dollars can give someone access to clean water. Let me which just is, let me just pause there for a second. Yeah, thirty dollars can give somebody access to clean water. I mean, that it's just extraordinary. Like, I mean, that's true. I mean, in the big scheme of things, you're like, well, how is that even possible? It's it's true. And you know, uh, a well costs. Uh, you know, we, we fund eight different solutions across uh, twenty four countries, so it's all all different. But one one of those, a ten thousand dollar well, you know, can help three hundred people in a community. Yeah. So it's extraordinary impact. I think you know, too. We were talking about this. Just you you have such a savvy. Um, you're such a savvy audience. We also want feedback. I mean, we're trying to, you know, unlike the sponsor a child model, which has worked so well for years, you know, the cute kid writes you over a 10 year period. We don't actually have that with integrity. There is no one kid that, you know, effectively all of these donations are helping people all around the world yeah. at a variety of uh, wells and springs and rainwater systems. And uh, we were just, uh, our team just got back from Rajasthan in the Thar Desert where we're helping people catch a year's worth of rain, and it's 125 degrees there. When we're able to build this system for a family, they get 25% of their income back because they were spending it on buying dirty water from trucks coming into the desert who just didn't care about that. So, you know, we're, we're kind of looking to figure out how we build this community, how we surface the story. So if anybody does sign up, you know, over the coming months, drop us an email, give us some feedback, tell us, you know, how to make this program uh, vibrant and what you would be looking for and what kind of stories and we, we've got a bunch of ideas our team has been thinking about it um, how do we use this 100% model to kind of innovate on the subscription product I appreciate that Scott. And, and, and Scott will absolutely get back to you. the whole team is really really responsive uh, not only do we want feedback about the program and, and how Charity Water works but certainly about social media since that's uh, what the show is about and social pros and, and you guys are extraordinarily good uh, at photography, like even just here in your office, yeah. there's tons of, of photos that, that are really um, you know first rate, extraordinary kind of stuff. Your Instagram account, which has 300,000 followers, which is extraordinary, I mean, that's huge. Uh, 300,000 Instagram followers, and, and it's a, one photo a day, essentially. Uh, really interesting, almost always from the field. And almost always happy. Yeah, well, to, to your point, right? It's not, a, it's not guilt, it's, it's lifting up, not pushing down. Where, where do those photos come from? Um, do you have people in the field who are actually in hydrology who are like also good at photography? Or do you send somebody out to do shots? Or where does this great content uh, source from? I mean, the first six years was me. Uh, I was just out there taking photos. Uh, and, and I think, you know, again, a little bit of the backstory, the two years that I had spent transitioning from my terrible, selfish nightlife uh, occupation into, uh, into this work, I had spent as a volunteer photojournalist with those doctors. And I was realizing the power of, you know, it's one thing to tell someone and it's another to show them. Yeah. And I was in Liberia. You know, imagine me writing an email to a friend saying, yeah, so I saw some teenage girl drinking from a swamp. It's very different when I could show the quality of that water, when I could show that yeah. 13-year-old girl, or I could show that moment when a well is drilled and water is shooting into the sky and people are dancing and yeah. clapping and they're all huddled around and there's joy on people's faces. So I think I just, I'm a visual learner and and really just built that visual communication into the DNA of the organization. Um, I never read white papers from charities. 
but a charity could tell a story with a video or, or through an image. Um, over the years, uh, what was fun was I ran into much better photographers than I was. I was never a great photographer. I was you know, always an amateur. And then we were amazed that people would volunteer their time yeah. or, or come on extremely low bono and, and go in bed in some of these villages. So we have a, a small creative team. I would say we've used four or five amazing photographers over the years, and they they just shoot the most exceptional images of, of hope and of opportunity. And, and I think really portraying our beneficiaries as these heroic, dignified uh, men, women, children. Uh, and and we, yeah, we not, have that not, respect. It's not pity. It's not pity. We have that respect. I mean, the courage of the people that we're out there working with. I mean, we're, we're now doing um, some series on our drillers. You know, our drillers are covered in mud. It is a dirty job. Yeah. And in Ethiopia specifically, they are drilling 29 out of every 30 days. So they take one day off a month because the dry season, when they can drive the rigs in and out of these remote villages, is eight months long. For four months, everything's washed out and it's muddy. So they go and see their families during the four months and they just, they crush it. So we're now starting to bring, we're gonna do a portrait series of these extraordinary drillers who are serving their own people, uh, not getting paid a lot. It's a middle to lower class life as a driller, but incredibly satisfying to go village to village and, and see your own people in Ethiopia um, getting a chance at health and dignity and restoring all this time back and all the great stuff that comes with water. And now you're doing stuff with, with Snapchat, more behind the scenes, kind of quick hit kind of things. Is that, is that handled in the field as well? Well, I, I should first say that uh, I'm, I'm slowly catching on. I think, you know, as a 40-year-old club promoter, you'd be all over it. See, now that you're out of the limelight. You, you know, I, I'm a 40-year-old with, with a really young kid. So I'm, see, that's it. Yeah. See, I'm a 46-year-old with teenagers. So different uh, dynamics. Totally. Yeah. So thankfully, um, we hire really young, smart people here uh, who uh, are better at all that stuff than I am. So uh, I've, uh, we've been using it. Um, you know, Cubby uh, Graham, who's an amazing guy here at Charity Water, he has like a million Instagram followers followers personally yeah. just an amazing photographer yeah. and he put us on it many months ago and uh, has been doing really interesting stuff behind the scenes uh, here at Charity Water uh, take it to the field we are uh, we actually let the snapchat community choose the song in our last video nice uh, and we're about to we have this group of bikers that bikes across the country every single year uh, they raised like $150,000 for Charity wow. Water, and he's going to let them take over our Snapchat. Great. So I think we're looking for new right. ways to engage yeah, the that community. Yeah, takeover is a really strong opportunity for, for Snapchat. A lot of people are doing that. It's great. And it'd be fun to take over from uh, from the field. You know, even uh, even Periscope is, is super interesting to us. We, <laughs> we, we did something eight years ago. Uh, which we called a live drill, and it wasn't really a live drill, but we would head out to the field with satellite units, and we would film, and then we would very, very quickly edit, and we would send the filming back to the people that had yes. funded those projects. Yeah. And because of the eight-hour delay, we actually kind of you know reached them, so yeah. it felt almost it felt live. real time. Yeah, it felt real time. So now uh, at, at our gala this year, we've we're trying to actually connect. 400 people in black tie uh, to a village. So it would be 10 o'clock in, in New York and 6 a.m. Yeah. in rural Ethiopia. And we're going to try to get a high enough broadband feed 
to connect these two communities. Nice. So the community people that paid for that drilling and then the community celebrating at dawn. Uh, lots of, uh, lots, lots of, of risk there. Lots of Wi-Fi issues there. Yeah. Well, and you know, not all wells find water. So no, yeah, yeah. You know, if, we, if we do it for real, it'll be on, uh, which, which we will, it will be on the edge of our seat. I yeah. Think. yeah, that's funny. You also are doing some storytelling on media. Uh, obviously, you've got some stories on your own site, uh, but some of the best performing things that you've done as an organization are on, on Medium. Uh, and, and Tyler, who's your content strategist, is doing, mm-hmm. uh, doing some of that. Uh, a really successful one, maybe you tell, tell the story, is called uh, The Craziest Thing We Can Do Is Nothing. Mm-hmm. And that was posted on Medium. It just went crazy. I mean, it was like blew up. Yeah, uh, that was a campaign where we were trying to celebrate our community. We've always tried to use social media to make our supporters the hero because we really believe they are the heroes. Charity Water is nothing without a million people that have given $210 million and brought the best of themselves, their birthdays, their lemonade stands, their creativity to this issue. We've really been the platform. We're the stewards. We are trying to take those dollars and make the greatest impact on human lives around the world. But the craziest thing you could do is nothing was was last year's September campaign for the month of September, where we both showed the insane nutty things people were doing to raise awareness and money for <laughs> clean water and uh, and then challenge people to kind of bring their own crazy. So you have people that are skiing in bikinis. You've got, uh, you know, skydivers. There's a, a girl in Vancouver who is uh, she was six years old and she did 12 lemonade stands wow. and she refused to come in out of the rain in one of them. And then her last lemonade stand, she convinced a local band to perform on the sidewalk That's and great. she sold $5,300 of lemonade. Wow. So we just, we have people walking across the country in solidarity, the millions of women, you know, who are forced to walk for water. So medium, medium has been great to be able to take a little more time. I, I actually have one medium post that I wrote, which is an incredibly sad story, but I'd lived in a village in Ethiopia where a 13 year old girl had been walking eight hours a day for bad water. And one day comes back into her village. Eight hours a day. I know it's hard for people to imagine. To get... Um, Bad water. Well, it's a couple hours out, yeah, and then it's a wait for hours, and then it's a couple hours back. Yeah. So it's like, you're, uh, like what we would consider to be a full time job is just getting water every day, and not even good water. And Jay, it's it's true, and it's a seven day a week. Right. Yeah. You're not like it's yeah, not no, Saturday. No water on weekends. Yeah. yeah. And it's the women. It's the women and the girls. And they are up at five or six in the morning and, you know, then they come back and then they have to cook and they have to clean and they have to go get firewood. It is, it, it is absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and I'd heard this story and, and didn't actually believe it at the time. I'd heard about this 13 year old girl who walked eight hours and she comes back in her village and she, before she actually gets home, she carelessly takes a misstep and she falls and she smashes her clay pot and all the water that she has just spent eight hours collecting spills out into the dust. And as the story went, she hangs herself from a tree. She ties a noose around her neck and hangs herself rather than go back for water. And, you know, that stuck with me. I actually sent our partners to verify whether that was true. And then I went and I lived in that village for a week, completely off the grid. I had to hike nine hours to get there. And I met her mom and I met the girl that walked with her that day uh, down to the water source. And I walked in her footsteps and I saw this crazy little frail tree uh, where this 13-year-old girl had hung herself, um, learned that the reason everybody thought she did it was because of shame. She had believed that she would have let her mom down. 
and her mom needed that water and she had been so silly and so careless and not only had she spilled the water she had destroyed the clay pot which was worth a few dollars and rather than face her family um she hangs herself from a tree and it was it was a it was a gut-wrenching visceral experience um seeing her grave meeting the priest who gave her funeral uh, just learning what she was like. Her name was Leta Kiros Hailu. So I wrote about that on Medium called The uh, the Last Walk for Water and, you know, put up a bunch of these pictures. And for me, I wanted to see the tree. You know, it was right. going to be that lasting, no 13-year-old child should be hanging a noose around her neck and jumping from a, a tree because she was born in a situation where she had to walk for water. Um, and, and again, we know how to solve this. So, yeah, I think we use Medium for... Um, um, really happy stuff to celebrate the community and we've also used it to say um, this in, in long form this is what it's like and let me tell you about her family and, and here are the pictures of, of the source and here are the jerrykins lined up and here's her grave and here's the church where she was really trying to bring this alive you know out of kind of folklore or um, things that just might be uh, disbelievable we'll make sure to link that up on socialpros.com we see the show notes for this episode We'll also uh, link to the terrific crazy post on Medium. And I'll give you one happy story there. And also Instagram and, <laughs> and, uh, and Snapchat. But let me just remind uh, listeners to Social Pros uh, how important it is for us all to come together to, to solve this problem. Uh, we're donating uh, a well on behalf of myself and Social Pros. We want you to get involved. Also, go to charitywater.org. Pause the podcast right now. Come back. Uh, go to charitywater.org. Right on the homepage. Contribute monthly. Some small amount. $30 will give somebody clean water is all we're looking for, $30. If you give $30 a month, that's a new person with clean water every single month. We don't ask you for much here at Social Pros, but we're asking you um, from the bottom of my heart to, to participate in this one program, charitywater.org. Do you think this organization could have flourished in the way it has if you created this before the internet? I think so. Uh, I don't think it would have grown as fast. I think the the spread of these stories and media through social media has absolutely helped. But I think the the superpower of the organization has been uh, storytelling. You know, it's it's and and the platforms have helped get the story out. But you sort of told it in a different way. You know, we've yeah. talked about this. I mean, the speeches have been one of the. Yeah. You know, how, how many times are you speaking now? Oh, at least a hundred. Yeah. I, I mean, I do. I do sixty-five. I did five last and you're week. Doing, yeah, you're doing half again more than I am. And some are small. And you're some, are, some are in. Some are in kids. You know, yeah, it doesn't matter. But still. But I found that telling the story, you know, especially, I think that's even more important going forward. You know, the, a three-minute YouTube video has a lot less power to move someone today than it did when we started. Yeah. You know, now you're now your it's going to be a 20-second YouTube video because three minutes feels like a real long but time. But I can't tell the story in 20 seconds. I, I can't move you to, you know. See, the problem we it's have hard. is people don't wake up every morning needing our product. Yeah. They don't need the generosity pill. They don't need the, hey, let me help someone out of extreme poverty walking for water. Yeah product. So we must inspire them. Every single ounce of success that we will have on the lives of others needs to start with that moment of inspiration. And, you know, a 40 minute speech, you can move people, you can get them into the issue into the stories, you can start speaking to their objections. Oh, you don't, you want to know how much of your money goes? Here's a 100% model. But let me tell you how it actually 
you know, works and who funds the overhead and, um, you know, oh, you, you think that there's a problem with sustainability? Well, let me spend five minutes talking about water committees and how c- villages actually contribute to the sustainability and they pay every month and that goes into a corpus and let me talk about sensors. You can't do that in two minutes or 20 yeah. seconds even. So, yeah, and that I think is a big challenge forward. How do we get attention? We're super excited about virtual reality. You're sitting next to a headset uh, in my office. And last May, we shot uh, a really beautiful eight-minute film following a 13-year-old girl in Ethiopia. We wanted to kind of tell the opposite of that story. Uh, This 13-year-old girl's name is Salam, which means peace. And it follows the six days where her entire life changes through clean water. And you put on the headset and you are transported to rural Ethiopia. You're in her world. You're drinking disgusting water with her. You're watching her drink water next to her cows. Uh, the next day you're in her house. You're hearing her talk about losing her mom and having to take care of the family. The next day you're in this scene high up on a ridge and you see this million dollar drilling rig and compressors and trucks roll by. Uh, the fourth day you're in the middle of this loud, noisy, dusty drilling and you see the community gathered around in anticipation. Uh, the fifth day you see them strike water and it's an amazing moment. Salam's father picks her up and he starts dancing and spinning her around with joy. And then on that final day, you watch her walk to a well, um, and begin pumping it and drink clean water for the first time in her life. And it, uh, it moves people in a different way. I mean, you know, from a marketing perspective, people are willing to let me strap a TV to their face (laughs) for eight minutes and put away their phone. I mean, it is an exciting We've had people, um, we actually had a... In a world of parcel attention, right? That, that immersive experience is irreplaceable. I mean, it, there's just no other, you just, there's, there's no other way you can do it. It's amazing. It's, it's different. If I send your kids like a YouTube video, even if it's a couple minutes, you know, their phone's going to be blowing up with notifications. You know, CNN's on the background, Donald Trump's yelling about something. Yeah. And it's just, how do I move people? You know, how do I well, especially find that organization Because so much of the work you do, I mean, all of the work you do, frankly, is... Is far away from many of your donors. I mean, it's you know, it's, and it doesn't affect you. You've yeah. never, you know, you've never had to drink dirty water. You've never yeah. walked for water. It's yeah. it's such a foreign problem. I used to speak uh, at conferences with Livestrong CEO, a great guy named Doug Ullman, and uh, we were both doing the Inc. conference once. And he gets out on stage and says, "All right, how many people? Maybe two thousand people in the audience. How many people have had cancer? Stand up." He maybe gets you know twenty percent of the audience. How many people have had a family member with cancer? Everybody. You know, finally throws in a friend, right? And he's got 100% of the audience standing up, and then he begins his speech. Yeah. You know, I get out there and say, how many of you have walked eight hours? Yeah. How many of you have lost a child to diarrhea? How many of you have had to, you know, drink from a brown, viscous river? It's nobody. So we have that additional challenge to drive compassion and empathy, um, the solvability of a problem for something that people just disconnected from. Water comes out of taps. We buy bottled water. We don't even need to. Yeah. Do you feel like the, the role of social media in your organization is to celebrate existing donors and kind of keep you top of mind with them so that they do come back? Or is it to introduce the opportunity to be part of Charity Water to new donors? Yeah, I mean, you may not like this answer. It's kind of it's kind of both, right? There's a stewardship of the community that we're continuing. So let's say someone's going to give thirty dollars a month. We're continuing to impact people's lives, and you want that feed to remind them that they are a part of an organization that is passionate and dedicated, and is determined to make an impact, um, and is fighting every single day. For new people, I think you want it to feel different. 
say, wow, that, that photo is amazing. And what is this organization? Or um, I just saw a Instagram video of a kid doing a wheelie. Why would he be doing a wheelie? Oh, well, it's the wheelies for a water campaign. Um, I, I think um, I think it's it's really both. And just the idea of connecting people is, is just so important. I mean, we have using social media, we have a drilling rig out there, two drilling rigs actually, they tweet their location. Nice, so like a food truck. We, yeah, we, we crowdsource the drilling rig and, and every time it goes and drills a well in Ethiopia, the drillers press a button and a tweet goes out and says, I'm drilling, drilling up a storm so here with the photo and GPS. So that's, that's how we're trying to use social media to bridge that gap, that couple thousand mile gap for so many people, the gap to an issue that has never affected them, a problem that they've never experienced and, and drive compassion, empathy, um, and then show that the problem is being solved and six million lives are different, are changed now because of the generosity of our community. Because people, I mean, apathy is really the biggest enemy that we have. It's so out of easy. Out of mind, for sure. And it's just so easy to get paralyzed. Ah, oh, there's bad news all the time. You know, what difference could someone ever possibly make in an issue, you know, as grand as the water crisis or world hunger or, and I think what we've seen over time is organizations with vision step up. I mean, look at HIV AIDS in Africa. I was in uh, Zambia and Zimbabwe a few weeks ago with a woman who had gotten a charity water well and she had six kids. She's had HIV for years and she looked amazing. She just goes and gets her meds with clean water. And I mean, 10 years ago, she would have been dead. Oh yeah. And people stepped up and said, it's not okay. We're going to improve people's lives. It's not easy, but it's overcomable. It's not easy. I mean, look at malaria, you know, is, has dropped uh, so dramatically. So I think um, that's the challenge of all of our organizations to break through the apathy, to uh, unparalyze people and say, whether you have $10,000 as a company to change a community, whether you have $30 a month, you know, for a person a month, whether you have a dollar, um, it, it really does matter. Yeah. I think that's why the hundred percent has been so powerful for us because, you know, a six year old who's going to dump the allowance money in being able to say, we know exactly where that $13 and 42 cents went. Yeah. It went here. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, I want to remind everybody that, that Social Pros is, is uh, putting together a well with Scott and his team. But what we want you to do is go to charitywater.org and contribute on the monthly program right on the homepage, uh, sort of a monthly subscription kind of, kind of program. Uh, any little bit a month would be fantastic. And look, as a parent, if you want to teach your kids um, an op- you know, a lesson about, hey, here's how you can get involved in something, and just like you said, you know, a dollar a month allowance, two dollars a month allowance, uh, would go a long way towards helping people get clean water and a great lesson uh, for your kids or your coworkers or, or anybody else. And, and so just on, on behalf of myself and the, the crew at Convince and Convert and everybody at Social Pros, we really, really hope that uh, that many of you out there who listen and there's you know tens of thousands of people listen to every single episode of the show, if just, a, if just some of you um, take the time and find it in your heart to participate, we'd sure love it. And I got to tell you, just having that opportunity to, to be around Charity Water and what they do, you're going to love, uh, you're going to love what you hear from them. And, and there's a lot of extraordinary social media and marketing lessons. And as Scott said at the beginning of the show, if you as a social media professional uh, listening out there have tips, have ideas, have, have things like, you know what you guys could do, Mm. Please, these guys please know. we really tweeted us or, or email us. We would love to hear. I mean, we're always trying to get better and, um, and you know, us, us getting better means more people help. 
Yeah, right. You get better means more people have clean water, and that's about all you can ask for. Uh, we're not going to do regular commercials in this show, obviously, uh, in this special episode live and talking about Charity Water and getting involved. But I do want to acknowledge uh, the sponsors of the show, Salesforce, Marketing Cloud, Emma, and Yext. Thanks uh, so much to, to those three companies for being part of Social Pros every single week, except for this one. Without their uh, generous contributions to this show, we couldn't put, a, put together a well uh, with Scott and his team. So thanks to those guys. Uh, Scott, I'm going to ask you the two questions that we ask every single person on this show uh, since the very beginning of the, of the program five years ago. First question is, is, what one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? And while you're not a social media professional in, in so far as you do that every day with your time, your organization is extraordinarily good at social media, which is one of the reasons why you're on the show. What tip would you have for our listeners? I think it's be visual. Uh, be visual and, and find ways to stand out, find ways to differentiate with those visuals. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned that, and I couldn't agree more. The, the, the visual acumen in the organization is extraordinary, and one of the pieces of that is the yellow jerry can. So uh, here in the office... Um, uh, <laughs> you even have trash cans. There's trash cans right there. There's trash cans that are that are actually... Um, in fact, uh, we're live streaming somebody who's grabbing these. So the trash cans are actually sawed off uh, yellow uh, water cans, and, and these are all over the office. And of course, it's your logo as well. Your sort of icon is the yellow jerry can. How did that? How did that happen? It's interesting. So my wife was the creative director for for nine years, and we fought about this. I did not like it. I did like not. I didn't like work. the can. I don't. I don't know what my objection was, and she wore me down. And of course, she was right. She is about almost everything. And you know, for uh, so the jerry, the yellow jerry can. Uh, is how hundreds of millions of people get water every day, and it's water that's dirty. So I think the symbolism there was we want the water, and the jerry can's not going to go away for a while, the yeah. rural poor, but we want the water in every single jerry can in the world to be clean. And I think it is a unique, I mean, we think of it as fuel, so people do a double take. Right. Whenever I'm going to events and bringing them, I have to tell the cab driver, you never want to pick me up. Like, yeah. Dude, I'm not going to blow up your cab. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, a, it's a prop. For, yeah. It happens all the time. It's a prop, and, you know, I, I kind of show that there's no fuel in it. Um, but I, I think it is a unique, it's a unique color, it's a unique icon, and, you know, hopefully one day, you know, the jerry can could stand on its own and, and not even need charity water. Hopefully next to it. one day the jerry cans can be clear. Uh, I love the it. water will be clean. I love it. Every every jerry can should have clean water around the world. And, um, you know, hopefully a decade from now, we're talking about improved access. We're talking about water in houses. We're talking about piped water and yeah. showers and, you know, an, an improved and elevated level of service. Yeah. Last question for you, Scott Harrison, CEO, founder of Charity Water. Uh, if you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be? Now, this is tough for you because you, you're the man. Like, you've met... Oh, everybody, Obama and Gates and like the whole cast of characters, Oprah. I mean, you know everybody. Uh, it's a it's a tough call for you. Who, who would you who would you spend some time on if you could? You know, my first friend in Africa was a fourteen year old boy named Alfred Sassou, and he had uh, he was basically suffocating to death on his face with a giant benign uh, four or five pound tumor when I met him. Ooh. And I remember crying when I saw him and I ran in the corner and I just, I'd never seen anything like that before and was able to follow his story. I was able to scrub up and watch his surgery as uh, these incredible uh, surgeons who had given up their vacation time and had, were operating for free in West Africa, transformed his face, gave him his face back. I actually got to take him back to his village a couple weeks later after he had checked out of the hospital 
and I watched this almost incredulous village and family who had written this child off for dead, you know, watch him walk back in with this new face uh, healed by these these doctors and surgeons. And I, I kept up with him over the years and got to see photos as his, as his face really healed. I mean, he was a handsome kid. Um, helped to try, uh, try to put him to school. That didn't really go great, but then uh, asked me for an apprenticeship so he could be a plumber. And that stuck. And we're about 12 years later, and I got a picture not too long ago from someone who's been uh, just helping me keep tabs on him. And uh, we, we helped him get a motorcycle so he could get around and Im improve his, uh, his plumbing range, basically. And he's doing great. And I haven't seen him in the flesh in 12 years. It's all been photos and uh, all secondhand. So I would, I would love to Skype with Alfred. I would need a translator. Yeah. But uh, I'd love to see you know, how he's doing 12 years later. Awesome. And, and the number of stories you have like that is just extraordinary. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to be on Social Pros. I really, really hope uh, that our audience gets behind this. We're, we're putting our money where our mouth is. It's a big deal uh, for me and my family and the whole Social Pros community. Obviously, everybody at Convince and Convert as well. Uh, Adam at uh, Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Remember, go to charitywater.org, sign up for some sort of small monthly contribution. Thanks so much for honoring me and the show and, and, uh, and Scott and his team. And Jay, let me just thank you. You know. Um... You don't have to do this, and a lot of people, uh, you'd be surprised how, how few people do. So it means a lot to, to me and to the organization that you um, just dedicated so much time to letting us tell our story. So thanks Absolutely. for caring, and thanks for helping the community, and I hope to get you out there one day. Yeah, so let's, you can yeah, see it. Live show. And you could do a live show. Live from Social Pros from Ethiopia. Social I'm in. Bros. Let's do it. I'll send my kids out there. You need some sort of... We'll have some good bandwidth, and, yeah. uh, and everybody could kind of see what you did in their honor. So thanks yeah. so much for, for caring. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcasts.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast Imaging by Audio.